Let's explore what it means to be well. From meditation, stress management, safer substance use, and sexual health, we will literally talk sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Join us to dive deep into some student health questions. We'll learn about wellness together, try some coping tools, and meet some interesting people. Your co-hosts, Heather and Craig, perfect blend of Campus Health and Wellness Center and cells. Each week, we'll DIY a wellness tool together and then nerd out and dig into the science behind how it works. Email your health and wellness related questions to wellpod at durhamcollege.ca to be discussed anonymously on air. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the WellPod well at, at DC. DC. Welcome to the WellPod at DC from the Media Hub on riotradio.ca. So our student question of the week felt very uh, relevant for me, myself. It was whenever I go to new places, I get really nervous. How do you start conversations and make a good first impression? So today we are talking all about first impressions, how to make them, how to adapt, the connection with evolution, and how to overcome maybe a bad first impression. I have a story that I'm gonna be sharing about a not so great first impression. Have you made bad impressions before? Do you think bad first impressions? I see oh, some head prob- nods. Probably not. I think yeah, I have for many sure, in for my sure life. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna share one story today that happened actually a few weeks ago. Uh, and my, I got a text from my very social friend that said, want to come to my neighbors for some drinks and some music, right? That was the text. It was after a long day. It was after a spring open house. Mm-hmm. And so you, as you know, we're engaged a lot with students and new families. So it's a very, um, extroverted day. And I actually was chatting with Evan from the studio here about how both being introverts, it's a fun day, isn't it, Evan, uh, doing spring open house. So I get this text from my friend. I'm feeling drained socially from the day. Um, but I thought, you know what? I need to do more things to be social. So maybe I should say yes. So I sent her a text and I said, is it like five people sitting around or is it like a 20 person house party? And she writes back, LOL. This is all I get from her. So I go and I show up. I've been on the property before. It's this nice little house, really long driveway, and then this like little brick bunker on an old electrical building right beside their house. So I've seen it before. So I go, I'm walking down their long driveway. It's about a four minute walk, and there's a lot of vehicles lined up. And there's these lanterns lit up all around the pathway. And then I get to the bunker, my friend's outside, she's all excited I'm there. And I still can't really hear anything, right? You can hear the crickets and the evening birds. And she opens the door. It is a speakeasy with 60 people inside, a live band playing on a big stage. It's a four level building with a rooftop patio, a full bar, uh, bathrooms, abundance of substances and people enjoying life, dancing and having a good time. And I asked her if it was going to be five people sitting around in the living room. (laughs) So as you can imagine, uh, it was not what I was expecting. And we talked a few weeks ago about how stress can sometimes be produced, especially with nuts. So we talked about when things are novel or new, when there's unpredictability, when it's maybe a threat to our ego, or we feel we have no sense of control, we get more stressed. So I was very stressed Mm -hmm. in this speakeasy. Half my brain was like, I love live music. This is so cool. It's an area I grew up and I never knew it was there. Mm -hmm. And the other part of my brain was saying, as an introvert, that's tired. Not wearing makeup or having my hair brushed right now. I 
don't yeah. really get want out, to be get here. Out, get out, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I noticed I was in my head a lot. There was a grilled cheese vendor there selling gourmet grilled cheeses. So I kind of like buddied up with him and just talked cheese and talked about the live music and how strange it was. We both felt like maybe we had entered a bizarre universe because it just felt so strange. The speakeasy in the middle of a neighborhood. Uh, and so it reminded me of a book that I read called Super Connector. And it is the theory of meta perception. It was written by Gerber and Pa in 2008. And one of the quotes is knowing what kind of first impression you make involves a little self awareness. But obviously, being self aware doesn't magically occur overnight. It requires you to understand the ways you shine and the ways you suck. So, what are meta perceptions? These are beliefs on how other people perceive you. They are the implicit maps we use to help navigate complex social environments like school or work or speakeasies. And it's similar to other forms of social judgment. But what's interesting is the relationship with meta perceptions, that kind of internal overthink we can sometimes do, and impressions is we can actually measure it. So some current research, there's something called meta accuracy, and it's the correlation between our meta perceptions how we think other people are viewing us and impressions. And what's interesting is people who tend to think they are seen as funnier are actually seen as being funnier. Right? Mm -hmm. Kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And there's also a, a meta perception bias. And this is a directional or mean average difference between meta perceptions and the impressions that we're making. And it uh, views that people often overestimate how funny other people's are. So it's interesting that both these things can be true at the same time. And Carlson and Kenny did a paper in 2012 called The Handbook of Self-Knowledge, where they really explored this. And they found that the typical person is accurate. So there is that high level of accuracy, but also slightly positively biased. So people are generally motivated to be accurate, to make the world a predictable place, but we're also motivated to be positively biased, to feel secure and safe in these environments and these relationships. So that quote, know thyself, really mm -hmm. stands out to me. So meta perceptions or self-knowledge really allows me and everyone else to see yourselves through other people's eyes. So I did an experiment and I encourage all of you at home listening and watching right now to do this yourself. Be vulnerable and ask people in your life what their first impression was of you. So I did this this morning. I sent an email out to 30 colleagues <laughs> and I asked them, what were your first impressions of myself? I got some very interesting responses. I got things like bubbly, kind, authentic, stuck up, calm, bright, fake. I know, right? Uh, I asked somebody in the room here with us today. <laughs> so I asked Jess, who is a new staff member who just spent a few hours with me yesterday. Uh, I asked Jess what her first perception impressions were of myself, and she said, earthy, hippie, environmentalist, and social, which is really kind of nice. But one of the really interesting responses I got was from a really close colleague, and she remembered the first time we met. She said her first impressions of me was that I was standoffish and snobby. And she shared the first time we met, and I remember it, and I remember how awkward I felt because I wasn't, it was a casual professional environment, and I didn't know what the social norms in that environment were because it was both professional but a casual barbecue. So I thought that was really interesting how both of us were seeing that interaction slightly differently uh, and how vulnerable an experience it is to try to see ourselves in other people's eyes. It was a vulnerable experience asking for that feedback. But Gerber and Pa from Super Connector actually really encourage you to do that. 
in your life. Ask people what their first impressions are of you and actually suggest that you start taking inventory and ask questions like, are you a listener or a talker? Uh, do you, um, how do you feel when you're meeting new people and do you feel like you're bad at it? Uh, do you tend to change your opinions on things? So there's a series of questions in their book they encourage you to ask. We'll post them on our social media. But this exercise is really a jumping off point to decide in what situations you shine and what situations you may not. And so the more you understand about yourself, the easier it is for you to create powerful connections and become a super connector. To speak easy, for instance, I shine with the grilled cheese guy hanging out talking cheese, <laughs> but the backyard barbecue with new professionals, I came off as snobby and a standoffish fool. So how do we make a good first impression? Here today, we welcome Kim Sharp. She is a student advisor with the Faculty of Health Sciences. Tell us a little bit about making a good first impression and what they are, Kim. Awesome, thanks, Heather. Well, first impressions, they take about seven seconds wow. for someone to mm -hmm. decide what they think of you. Wow. Um, and even less if it's a resume. So when you hand somebody a resume, imagine somebody, you applied for a job, and somebody's got a stack of resumes on their desk and they're flipping through them, what's gonna make your resume stand out from anybody else's? So that first impression, you might not even get a foot in the door if that first impression isn't made with your resume, and that's about three seconds. So if somebody's rifling through a stack of resumes, if there's nothing in there that makes them go, hmm, let's look at this one, yours might go into the circular file and you might not even get that interview for that placement or that job that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So seven seconds, and, and what is that comprised of? So about 83% of that is visual and auditory. So before you even say anything, how you walk into the room, if you smile, if you look at people in the eyes, all of that forms an impression right away. And then how you say it. Only 7% is what you say. Wow. So 83%, even based on all the preparation you do to answer questions, they're not even really going to really pay attention to what's being said. It's gonna be how it's said and what you look like. Mm. Unfortunate, but hey, you know, that's <laughs> happens. And it's kind of good in one way because it does give you that opportunity for a second chance. So mm. if you do say something and you think, oh, shouldn't have said that, at least, yeah, no, they really weren't paying attention to what you said. As long as you said it with a smile, then that's okay. <laughs> Be an interesting thing to do, right? Say mm. something that uh, maybe your facial expression doesn't match with and see if people Absolutely. Pick up with it. And, you know, COVID was excellent for that. I had a mask, and the mask had my face imposed on the mask with a big smile. So if I said something, especially to my children when we were out, and I said, stop doing that, and I would be smiling, they'd say, I'm really confused right now because you sound <laughs> angry, but you're smiling at me. <laughs> so what we see, we take in more quickly. Um, can we control how people see us? Somewhat, yes, we can. We can control what we do. We can control or influence how people might perceive us in a variety of different ways. We can't always control our perceptions, like you had said about meta-perceptions. How we see ourselves and how other people see us are two different things. So even though I walk in and I'm smiling, if I look like the bully that they had in public school, they've automatically formed an impression of, oh, this person reminds me of something. Mm -hmm. So we can't always control that, uh, but we can control how people interpret our, our person or how, how they might perceive us. Mm. 
Very interesting. It makes mm-hmm. me think too, we talked about nuts, right? Yeah. The, the idea of how stress can sometimes be increased and control is something that continues to come back, right? When we don't feel like we have control over how others may mm-hmm. be viewing us mm-hmm. and the narrative of who we are. It's hard when we're not feeling like we have that control. Absolutely. Mm. Sure. And then I think there's more on that coming up, but yeah. Yeah. before yeah. we dig into any further. Yeah. Because you're going to talk a little yeah. bit, you mentioned how mm. so much of it is just what you are looking like. Yeah, for sure. And definitely that. And then even some of the biases that you mentioned are some of uh, the things that I came across in terms of forming that first impression and what you mentioned, like what the other person is bringing to the situation in terms of their background and so on. Cause you look like somebody, even though you're smiling, you look like somebody and so on. And that kind of ties into something that uh, I came across physio. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Physio yeah, on a- vocabulary today. Not yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> there's, there's a random G in there. I think that's what's throwing me off, but it's physiognomy. Hmm. And it is the definition from dictionary.com, a person's facial features or expressions, especially when regarded as indicative of character or ethnic origin. Mm. And from what we're talking about here, not so much the ethnic origin, but from the character standpoint, the idea is, well, it comes from the Greek um, words for nature and judge. And so can I look at someone's face and judge their nature from what their face looks like? And again, we'll get to sort of biases that might come into that from the standpoint of, because someone earlier maybe was yelling at me and kind of looked like you, and now, you know, there's a bias there. But judging, can I look at someone's face and then judge that they are fill in the blank for whatever we might say about them? And it's really interesting from some of what I looked up, it's got, um, it's been around for a while. It comes up from ancient roots, like in Greek poetry, without getting into fine details of it. You find it in Greek poetry in, um, and I'm going to butcher a name here in Indian uh, culture as well. Uh, I'm going to, I apologize in advance to anyone, but Samudrika Shastra was related to this kind of same thing of being able to tell nature from what somebody uh, looks like. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but from what I came across and then um, something called Chinese face reading, but it's like this idea of we can look at people and then know about their nature, right? I could walk into a room, somebody sees me and says, this Mm -hmm. like uh, I was talking to my wife the other day and I have gone into her work before and she said oh I was talking to so-and-so today and they said what does your husband do is he a teacher interesting they knew right away yeah (laughs) and I think partially it's because I go with Durham College stuff Mm -hmm. on so maybe it's less of a a stretch there but they yeah because he's got a beard and dark glasses maybe your your glasses sometimes give off professor yes right and and so on for sure and like Kim was saying that happens in seven seconds Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we're doing this for sure for sure Mm -hmm. right and so then it kind of continued in ebbs and flows if you will middle ages you find that sort of um, peak again in terms of various uh, things of again can we look at faces and and figure things out and one interesting that I thing that I came across was that um, Leonardo da Vinci rejected that in the middle ages but then still had his own kind of twist on it of but I can read your face not so much of like knowing your history and your to some extent personality but related to your history of you know maybe you're um you know you've had a bad go of it in life so you're you know frowning 
And so then the lines on your face start to, you know, set in in those ways. So, okay, there's this like history aspect as opposed to you were born that way and more of a development kind of twist on it. Less personality, more worn and tear. (laughs) Perhaps your life has taken on your face. And then even in modern society, we get to it kind of came up again in the 1800s. A couple of names I came across, Johan lavater which i probably just butchered again you're right i've taken it on and then thomas brown were people who then looked at this one interesting thing as a total aside thomas brown coined the term caricature but that's that idea of right drawing a picture that's emphasizing certain aspects of the person's face and part of it was built around this um, idea of we can tell things about the person from their from their face and so it's reminding me of the storybook uh, or poem the night before Christmas where it's describing Santa right it's describing all the characteristic features of his face Mm -hmm. the big round nose and the jolly cheeks yeah for sure for sure and then that's what it does end up relating to like the description but then he, you know that that shows that he's a friendly person and so on and then mm-hmm. um, even to use sort of bounce off what you're saying to say someone's like rosy cheeked let's say right it has a meaning to it to us right even though we might not use that as commonly now and so on but some words I came across when you think about you know someone who's highbrow Hmm. Right? Well, it's describing their face to say that they are, uh, yeah, I know a lot of stuff and I'm very (laughs) high up relative to you, right? It's like right within our language, right? Some other things, someone who's thick headed, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of not that mentally, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to say. (laughs) A little bit more stubborn. Stubborn, yeah, that's that's the way of saying it, right? And then... I don't know how often we say thick-headed nowadays, but we have other terms, more modern terms or things when we talk about, you know, people with certain hair colors. And then we talk about what their uh, personalities might be like mm. in, yeah, without I'm getting into I'm no longer deep. blonde, so you can okay, talk Am about I allowed to talk about it? I didn't want to, it got possible. awkward there for a second, right? Like, don't mention, don't mention. But yeah, like that blondes mm-hmm. have a certain personality or redheads have a certain personality. Mm-hmm. That's a really all-encompassing, you know, way of thinking in terms of, like, not everybody is going to be that way, right? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, some of the things that uh, then came out of it, the the um, or this idea then started to tie to like criminology and like describing people based on uh, what they look like mm-hmm. and and people who did research at least more like 1800s here but uh, or yeah 1800s but like someone with a large wide jaw someone with low sloping foreheads high cheekbones and flattened or hawk-like pointy noses Mm. these are people that are more likely to commit commit crimes was kind Mm. of the thought of the day based on their face we know they're more likely to become criminal Mm. that is not the case right but it's interesting from some of our biases and so on what how that ties into and i mean a few of these things are but relative to what you're saying because one interesting idea i came across was you know is it something where um you know yeah collectively we actually see that or then does it or is it something that becomes ingrained in our culture of well i have a wide jaw and a sharp nose and high cheekbones 
so that's mm-hmm. who I am, right? Yeah. Being a, maybe a bit extreme, but someone who you constantly call thick-headed takes on, mm-hmm. I'm not as smart as the next guy over. It almost it kind of influences that idea of meta-perception, right? It then kind of enters our own ideology of who we are and what our identity is. Yeah, perhaps. that perception yeah. bias, as you were saying before, right? And and so on. So there's a lot of interesting research, and it, it, it people are still continuing with it, which like I'm fine with right but it's at this point at least what I've come across more of pseudoscience Mm -hmm. though let's still keep investigating it some more modern research that I've come across is looking at NHL players and measuring their jaw width relative to how much time they spend in the penalty box because is there a connection between you know sort of face structure and what would you say thickness if you will and aggressiveness such that they end up in there but again not that I've done research on this but is bias there of people like that tend to be already bigger so then they're selected on the team you're going to be the guy that goes and make sure no one pushes anyone else around Mm -hmm. and then of course they're going to spend more time in the penalty box is it initiators is it in the you know nature right from the get-go kind of thing right and so yeah it's really it's really quite interesting when you uh when you get into it so one uh, other thing, and not to use up all the time here, but that I came across is a, a TED Talk video in terms of, you know, are our first impressions, you said, it takes, you know, seven, seven seconds and we've judged, but how accurate are those judgments? And I think we're going to get into that a little bit later as we go, but rel- relative, I should say, to our biases and what we, how our brains ultimately work in a couple of interesting parts of our brain were our ventrolateral prefrontal cortex. Mm. So it's kind of right here, mm-hmm. right? And then as well as our superior temporal sulcus, which is well on both sides right in here. My new favorite word, sulcus. Sulcus, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> neat, right? But these are um, uh, along lines with this TED talk that we'll share with, uh, with anyone later on, but it's like, it's this idea of these are tracking um, statistics in our brain. And so in the TED talk, uh, not to give it away, but the one example that was given was interesting from the, you know, you go to a baseball game and you're sitting in the stands and then there's that loud, obnoxious guy right behind you who starts taunting the other team or your team, starts taunting you for wearing, you know, the jersey of the, the team, accidentally spills his drink on you in the middle of the game on accident. and. Uh, But, right, we would be quite upset about that interaction, quite upset with that person. And then the idea is, okay, a few days later, you're out for a walk, it starts to rain. Someone comes up behind you and says, hey, I have an umbrella you want to share. And you turn and look, and it's the guy from the game a few days ago. Take your umbrella back, sir. <laughs> but that's the question. Yeah. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. but now here's this guy who was a something the other day, a jerk the other day, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's doing something that's nice, but does it, how do our brains work? Am I going to take him, tell him to take the umbrella and where to put it? Yeah. Or am I going to say, hey, thank you, kind sir. Let's uh, yeah. continue to walk together. But it's interesting from the, again, the statistics we keep and how our brains function from the, the initial onset was that negative situation. And so our bias is this person is 
fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. And how light, how much more likely we are to then tell him to, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep it nice, right? No, thank you. I'll be good in the rain. Yeah. Versus had it been the other way around, right? Is Would there be a difference in that scenario? Yeah. And, uh, and how, again, our our brain figures that out, if you will. And all that to say, it was interesting, these couple of biases of like projection bias. He was like that the first time. So he is like that Mm -hmm. for all the times. And then um, the idea of the likelihood of these things happening. I'm in that stadium and that's happening to me. Mm -hmm. He's one person out of 10 in the stadium doing that. It Maybe shows you that yeah, I know, I know. But but versus in our brains, we have most people would offer you like, yeah, here, use my umbrella so you can stay dry. So then there's that bias towards, well, anyone would do this. Mm-hmm. And so then it's hard to overcome that bias or that uh, sorry, first impression mm-hmm. that we have of the uh, of the person from that negative interaction. Interesting. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm few things there but like I, I'm very interested in the bias can we overcome what that first impression is and once it's kind of set absolutely yeah. coming up after the musical break we'll explore this in a little mm. bit more detail we'll also be talking to Kim a little bit about some of the behavior changes and how we can adapt to environments and maybe even have different impressions as well don't forget you can follow us on social media at DCSA Media Hub as well at Wellness at DC here is First Date Acoustic Cover by Taylor Acorn right here on riotradio.ca. In the car, I just can't wait to pick you up on the very first day. Is it cool if I hold your hand? Is it wrong? If I think it's lame to dance Do you like my stupid hair? Would you guess that I didn't know what to wear? I'm just scared of what you think You make me nervous so I really can't eat Let's go, don't wait This night's almost over Honest, let's make this night last forever
Welcome back to WellPod at DC from the Media Hub on riotradio.ca. So in terms of first impressions, I have a bit of a a story here from when I was younger, old enough to drive, because the story is surrounding me picking up one of my uncles from the airport. He was uh, uh, higher up, uh, actually uh, a VP in a a well-known large drug company. I was coming to Toronto for some meetings, but then, you know, we live here, so he was coming for a visit as well. I was the one who was uh, available that day, so I got uh, running out to the airport uh, duty here. So I went and I picked him up and he came out uh, somewhat frustrated. His luggage had been lost Mm -hmm. or was in another town. This was uh, quite some time ago. And so the first thing we needed to do was go get some clothes for him because he's in town for whatever number of days it was. In addition to that, he was going to be in some meetings with other higher-ups, whatever the meetings were, and he needed to get a suit. So, you know, uh, young, maybe 18-year-old Craig, uh, you know, who uh, dresses pretty casually anyways (laughs) still, uh, but suggests, well, you know, there's a mall up the road here and we can go to such and such a store to get your, you know, comfy clothes. And I'm pretty sure there's a, I don't know if this is a company anymore, Tip Top Tailor kind of, uh, right? Mm -hmm. Suit store. And he looked at me and he's like, I can't get a suit from there. I was like, why? Right? Mm -hmm. You need a suit. He's like, I'm the VP, like second in command of this company. If I walk into a meeting in a suit from Tip Top Taylor, the meeting's over. Because the other people from the other companies will say, you sent low-end guy to this meeting. What an mm-hmm. insult. Mm-hmm. And they will not be interested. And so we stopped at a higher-end store that yeah, I'll never shop at and don't remember the name of. And he got... He was here for several days a meeting and got a tailor-made suit, made stat kind of thing Mm -hmm. to be able to go to whatever meeting it ultimately was, right? And have that good first impression. And have that good good first first impression. Yeah, the seven seconds because that decision will be made that quickly of, oh, they sent low and newbie as much as VP is after his name, he's the new guy. And so they're not really interested. Meetings over. Now it might be a bit more extreme that he was painting it, but there's that kind of thing of the judgments that we make going into a room, right? So as much as that's about him and we've been talking about faces and so on, like reading a room and whatnot is, uh, is also important, right? And so how do we read a room and how do we adapt to different environments that we, that we go into? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is tough. Now, I always say that it, how, however corny it sounds, life is a stage and we are the actors. I teach my students that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're going into a, a professional setting, mm-hmm. whether it be a childcare center, whether it be a hospital, wherever you're going to, you're going in there as a professional looking for a job or working. You're going to be different in different settings. So mm-hmm. if I walked into a interview, a job interview wearing a business suit, and that business suit was completely black, somebody might look at me and go, oh, it's kind of a dull suit. But yet the perception of somebody else might be, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't always read what people are gonna think based on <clears throat> their perceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're gonna play the part. You've got different parts to play. So 
if you wore that same business suit to a concert, you're going to give off a completely different idea. Mm -hmm. People are going to look at you and go, so what's up? Like, is Secret Service here? You know, is mm -hmm. there, is, do we have a bomb threat happening at mm -hmm. this concert? What's going on here? So how you dress really needs to be mm -hmm. kind of suited to your environment. But how mm -hmm. do you read environments? Heather, you mentioned before that you had gone to a professional event that was kind of like a social event at the same time. And you're like, yeah. ah, what do I do here? Yeah always err on the side of caution mm -hmm. especially when you're trying to make an impression i myself rarely mix profession with personal because you don't want to see me when i'm letting loose right you know you don't <laughs> want to talk about me the next day you kim yesterday wow um so always err on the side of being a professional when you're in that professional scope or in that professional environment mm -hmm. take your cues from the environment mm -hmm. so even if you walk into an interview and you know you're sitting there before the interview starts and there's a panel of three or four people you've walked in there you've decided what you're going to wear you're feeling comfortable with what you chose it's suitable for the environment so you're not going in there with your you know blink 182 t-shirt and your jeans on and your and your converse runners on you're going in there suitable for the the job interview that you're and you're feeling good about what you're wearing mm -hmm. um even before the interview starts, if a couple of the people in the interview are sitting around saying, oh, you know, this happened to me on the weekend and that happened to me and I went to the baseball game and some guy spilled beer all over me, whatever happened, don't engage with that. You're going to listen, be pleasant, do, you know, the, the nice thing, but keep it on the professional level because you don't know what perception they're going to have of you. But if they say man, you know, we were talking about all this stuff and this candidate kept professional, that looks good on you to mm -hmm. keep that professional demeanor. Mm -hmm. um, so always err on the side of caution. So know your audience. Mm -hmm. have, have a good understanding of what you're getting into. Prepare yourself for the interview. So you couldn't absolutely prepare yourself for what you walked into I because you not. tried, <laughs> right? I tried but to try ask. to prepare yourself. Yeah. Always make sure that you communicate clearly. Ask the questions. Everyone is in that environment for a specific purpose. So if I'm going to a job interview, I'm going to a job interview because I want the job and I'm gonna communicate that. I'm here because I want the job. I'm dressed the part, I'm gonna to talk to you as though I want this job. And I'm clearly going to say, I want this job because I'm the best candidate for the job. I can do the job because. So preparing yourself for that. If you're going out to a speakeasy, you're gonna prepare yourself for that. And you're gonna know that, hey, we're all here to have fun. So mm -hmm. it's gonna be a completely different audience, a completely different group of people. One thing to remember is being approachable, trying to look friendly and being approachable. If you walk into a room and you smile and you're gonna do a nice smile, not a, hey, hi, how are you? <laughs> because that's just gonna scare them. Um, a nice smile, L look people in the eye, know their names ask their names use their names all of that stuff makes you friendly and approachable you're going to make that good first impression mm -hmm. so regardless of whether my face has lines set into it from whatever i've done as craig had mentioned <laughs> when i walk in there and i make eye contact and i say hello and i'm feeling even though inside i might be feeling like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking like hey i'm here for this job and i want this job and we're all here mm -hmm. for the job then i'm going to give that air of 
I have purpose. So even if I'm not feeling confident, I might look friendly mm -hmm. so that you can at least ask me questions. Mm -hmm. So it's important for us to have that preparedness. Mm -hmm. And like you said before, Heather, ask friends, ask them, you know, what do you think about me? When they say, oh, you know, you look kind of grumpy. Well, think about that. Yeah. Don't just get your back up and say, I don't look grumpy. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're going to take that to, into consideration and say, okay, I appeared grumpy. Somebody's first impression of me was grumpy. So I'm going to be cognizant and I'm going to put a smile on yeah. so that I don't appear that way. Mm -hmm. um, and practice. Practice how you want to be perceived in different situations. You know, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with doing that thing in the mirror. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we've seen in all the movies where people are going to propose to somebody and they're practicing in the mirror or it's something big's happening and they're gonna practice. It's no harm in doing any of that. Mm -hmm. So know your audience, prepare yourself, come off as friendly. Mm -hmm. Give that good first impression to the best of your abilities. Absolutely. Jess, this was your first week here at Durham College. You recently went through a job interview experience. What was it like going through a job interview where you had to kind of practice and do some of the things Kim was mentioning? Oh my goodness. First of all, I'm so glad to be here. And my first impression of this experience has yes. been incredible. The work you guys are doing is just, it's amazing. And to be able to talk about these things is really cool. Um, first impressions in general, having the, the biological kind of blueprint behind this and knowing about the science is really astounding to me. And to know about, you know, the, the NUTS acronym that you said yes. and the nerves that goes into that, right, is, is really so accurate to my experience. Um, I was really nervous in the interview, really nervous coming into a new facility, meeting a ton of new people, especially on the brink of coming out of COVID and not wearing a mask where I did at my previous experience. So I really had to, you know, come into this experience being grounded and authentic to myself because I can overthink and really overanalyze all of these things because it can be so overwhelming. So that's been something I've been really trying to put a focus on um, while being mindful of, you know, the fact that you do make uh, first impressions and the seven seconds that you, you know, meet people is is a really quick, quick turnaround. So yeah. to be mindful of how you're coming across is is, is really important as well. So absolutely. Yeah. The mask thing is interesting to think about. I know several people that once they within mandate was kind of lifted and we all started kind of relaxing that they didn't realize that they had been walking around for years with their mouth more open and so all of a sudden it was this recognition of oh i i have to close my mouth now again because people can see it instead of normally having a mask on and can kind of walk around uh, looking however. oh i can relate to that i've had some <laughs> facial expressions that i wasn't aware of until i took the mask off and i was like oh goodness yeah like yeah. there's yeah. lots lots going on <laughs> being aware of those yeah facial interpretations sure. i yeah. like the aspect too of that the grounded and being authentic mm -hmm. balance too against what you're saying which i fully agree with in terms of smiling and so on but like figuring out who you are and not being fake in the interview mm -hmm. but at the same time figuring out who you are and hey maybe there's some room for adjustments and not taking it as you you said like personal if someone says mm -hmm. Craig you're always just kind of there frowning you know it's like okay I need to smile more mm -hmm. but at the same time I'm not someone who's you know bubbly or whatnot I don't have to I can be authentic at the same mm -hmm. time and sort of navigating those two things is mm -hmm. it's a hard balance yeah it is yeah. it is 
And I think what Kim spoke to earlier is really important for students to hear is that mm-hmm. we can be authentic, but we can have different versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we can dress differently and maybe we're a little bit more outspoken and loud on weekends, but in a professional setting, we can have a different authenticity and wear different clothes and have maybe different tone. Mm-hmm. I worked with a student a few months ago that they really liked Playboy uh, clothing. And so they would often show up to work wearing Playboy clothing. And so we had to have a conversation of, you know, this is really suitable for you in your personal life mm-hmm. and after hours, but what sort of first impression is mm-hmm. it maybe giving to some of the clientele and people that you're interacting with mm-hmm. here in the workplace, mm-hmm. right? Just being a little bit more mindful of, of that version of yourself and how it's being presented to mm-hmm. others. We'll continue this conversation after our next musical break. We'll talk a little bit more about the evolution of first impressions and how we can maybe overcome some bad first impressions. Do we get a second chance (laughs) and a redemption there? Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at DCSA Media Hub as well. You can check out Wellness at DC. Here is First Time by Vance Joy and When We First Met by Hello Goodbye right here on riotradio.ca. Come over to my house, jump in the neighbor's pool, it felt nice, it felt so nice. And it was getting dark, you wrapped your long legs around me, I held on tight. Lying in my bed, the unfamiliar sheets were so cool, on your skin. When your daddy called, said you were out of friends and we walked. The long way home Going on my first impression I recall you wearing white There was something sweet in the air, babe That summer night There will always be another time For us to fall in love But it never cuts you quite as deep Is that first time And I'll come down, yeah, I'll come down And can you recognize the look upon my face? It's on my lips, it's in my eyes This bow will never break, won't you say it one more time? Won't you say my name? Won't you say my name? This bow will never break, won't you say it one more time? Won't you say, say my name? My first impression, I recall you wearing white There was something sweet in the air, babe That summer night, there will always be another time For us to fall in love, but it never cuts you quite as deep It's that first time Summer night, there will always be another 
another time for us to fall in love But it never cuts you quite as deep as that first time Welcome back to WellPod at DC from the Media Hub on riotradio.ca. And so why are first uh, impressions a thing, right? And um, we've kind of touched upon it all through today. We've talked about some of the social 
cues and and mm. so on that we get as much as some of the stuff I talked about earlier is the pseudoscience realm uh, you know of what faces truly show us but on previous weeks we've talked about faces and evolutionary evolutionarily how you know we talked about smiling versus mm -hmm. frowning versus you know various other faces that we make that are signals to others our expressions are mm -hmm. disgust yeah, exactly, right? Or anger or whatever, and you're much more expressive than I am. All mine would probably look the same, but that was good, <laughs> right? But then we can tell what's going on, right? You were saying earlier, you walk in the room, whether you're smiling or whether you're, I'll say, straight-faced, right? Is There's a judgment based on, okay, I think I know what's going on with you. It's a bit of a rabbit hole if we say, I know your history and exactly how you act all the time is a different level, right? Um, but... Uh, it's it's more than that too as you were mentioning like tone in speaking right the the what we're hearing or at least the level of what we're hearing and uh, eye contact and those kinds of things if someone's sitting there like this right body position slouch down how am interested am i in am i in the situation but that leads to like why why are these first impressions sort of so important to us right we have this evolutionarily uh, ingrained processing of these expressions on a social level why is it ultimately so important and what can we do to get comfortable in new situations yeah so great questions human survival is the most important factor for every living thing. So everything wants to survive above everything else. Mm -hmm. We use first impressions to determine or to evaluate people to de determine whether we should avoid them or whether we think we don't want to avoid them. So when somebody walks into a room and they're straight faced and they say, hey, how's it going? Eh, and they you know don't really move their mouth or their eyes and they don't smile and you don't know you can't read them you're 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 not comfortable you want to avoid something that doesn't make you comfortable so when we feel that there's a threat of harm or there's a threat of uneasiness we avoid it so even somebody um who goes um into an interview and um and does this and uh and 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 you're thinking i, I can't follow i can't they might have really good answers, but they've said, um, so many times that I can't follow them. I'm uncomfortable. I'm not going to hire this person because mm -hmm. I feel uncomfortable. Same thing with the person who walks into an interview wearing clothing that might seem to be extravagant. It's not a wrong thing to do because, like you said, Craig, you do want to show your individual personality. But at the same time, if somebody looks at what you're wearing and goes, oh, this person isn't fitting into the norms. This person might cause trouble. This person might not f follow the rules. Maybe I don't want to hire them because they might not be typical. Mm. Again, reading the environment. Because if you're going for a job in a clothing store and you walk in an all black suit and everything in this store is colorful, they're gonna go, hmm, not very creative. So sometimes that creativity does play a part in setting you apart from others like on your resume or your clothing if you're going for a job that requires you to be creative great be creative do that extra little bit 
um, but also know that you don't want to make your audience uncomfortable because then they're going to avoid you. Mm -hmm. So it is really important to follow some of those things that we talked about, but also to know your audience. And remember that everyone in the employment environment is important. So it doesn't matter whether it is the interview team or the person who's going to unlock the buzzer door for you. Great You're still tip. going to smile and say hello and come across as yourself and pleasant. So remember also that you're getting first impressions from them at the same time that they're getting first impressions from you. So read their cues as though you are evaluating whether this is a good spot for you to be employed or a good place for you to be. So had the speakeasy door opened and you looked around and went, ooh, this is not where I want to be, you would have formed that first impression right away as well. Um, so like we said, what happens if you don't make a good first impression? Mm -hmm. Is there a chance of a second impression? Mm -hmm. What do you think? For sure. So as far as that goes, uh, like really quickly just about myself I would say and this uh, I'm gonna bleed into over next week's show but I would say most people would describe me as a, a talker slash extrovert but in new settings when there's lots of people around I'm the guy over there with the grilled cheese with the grilled guy. cheese guy right but just from uh, I'm overwhelmed and trying to read the room to some extent and yeah. get my bearings but I'm not as outgoing in that mm -hmm. situation at first Do right? you know what I realize I'm doing I think I'm trying to understand like what are the social expectations mm -hmm. here for sure right am I expected to dance am I expected to have a drink in my hand mm -hmm. right yeah, yeah I'm sure. trying to trying to see how I can fit in and not seem like a, a threat that's right but then sometimes like that first impression of me I think depending on the situation for sure but can be oh he was kind of standoffish and didn't really talk to anybody mm -hmm. even though those who know me probably wouldn't describe me that way mm -hmm. and so in terms of overcoming uh, bad and first impressions if someone were to say oh Craig's kind of standoffish a couple things I came across uh, were you know accept it first thing like yep a bad impression was made I didn't you know act the way I maybe wanted to or or I know that about myself as you were saying the meta perceptionism mm -hmm. is, is that the word um, but the idea of yeah that's how I am when I go and some people might be turned off by that and uh, well that will I'll, I'll come back around to that in terms of what happens down the road but um, you know admit your mistake if it's a if it's an actual mistake of okay I came across very strong or that was rude I now realize yep that was you know not something that I should have done and talk to the person about it and admit it right especially if that is your uh, is your personality right of like oh I feel bad about that situation mm -hmm. so then let me act on it right because then someone I, I can overcome that they're gonna see another side of you that second chances mm -hmm. oh he's somebody who owns up to mistakes that he makes Could probably right? take direction well exactly mm -hmm. um, you know focus on the future and moving forward right and that kind of goes along with those uh, points overall of like it's happened I admit it I apologize for it how am I moving forward and tied to that is 
be sincere in terms of your change mm. because people will see that in terms of well he apologized that time but he keeps coming and doing the exact same thing so that's garbage right he, <laughs> he is that guy as opposed to yeah it was a bad first impression and he was never that way again in mm. the future sort of thing right and I think tied in there um, something at least for me and kind of tied to another YouTube video that we saw where the person speaking talked about uh, other students and their impressions of her at first versus um, later once they got to know her mm -hmm. time yeah it just sometimes takes time mm -hmm. because that you know those people in the room might say oh Craig's a little standoffish she just kind of stood at the side in that or in that meeting he didn't really speak up so I guess he doesn't really have many ideas or whatnot until you swing by my office and we have a one-to-one -one <laughs> and we share ideas yeah. and right and so over time that person will say yeah he's Mm -hmm. whatever whatever you say mm -hmm. someone I can get ideas from using that same example so sometimes it's just a matter of mm -hmm. of over time things will change and impressions will change mm -hmm. um, you know beyond the the first impression of a, an interview if you don't get the interview uh, or the job that's harder but when you do and you're in there hey things will change over time right yeah in under a minute Jessica you talked to me a little bit about you feel the importance of being genuine yeah. uh, very often when you're making first impressions. Yeah. Why do you think it's so important to, to show up with that sense of genuineness when you're making first impressions? Oh my goodness, for so many reasons. And I think I, think I want to start actually talking about a quote from Jay Shetty. It, uh, he says that it, I think my identity is based on what I think that you think I am. So it's kind of this idea that we place so much emphasis on what other people think about us in relation to how we show up in the world and how much that can influence so many aspects of how we live our life all the time. And I think a lot of us struggle with overthinking in that and with being authentic to ourselves. So I think placing less em emphasis on other people's opinions and think thoughts of us um, can be helpful in us and showing up in the world and, and who we really, really want to be. Not to discredit or take away from any of the importance of the fact that first impressions do matter, but to take that into consideration as well. Yeah. Love that. Well, this is the end of our show. We hope to have Kim and Jessica back another day. Our playlists or books and tools that discussed today are posted on our Instagram account at wellness at DC. Next week, we're going to kind of continue this conversation and talk a little bit more about personality, introverts, extroverts. Don't forget to email us your questions to be discussed anonymously on air at wellpod at durhamcollege.ca. Our last song today is The Impression That I Get by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones playing us out on riotradio.ca.
useless Or has it ever come down to do or die You got to rise above the rest I'd like to think that if I was, I would pass Look at the test, I didn't think there before the grace go on Might be a coward, I'm afraid of what I might find out I haven't yet That's the impression that I get